and we're back. Season 2 of This Is True, episode 12. Wow, what an exciting weekend of football, college football, week two, NFL starting off. I mean, just a lot of great games. I got to watch a few of them, watch highlights and recaps of others. And like I said last week, aren't you just glad that football's back? Like, that's just the best part. Best part of the year. You know, it's getting a little bit cooler outside. I love that. Um, As somebody who sweats a lot, I can greatly appreciate that. And my other sweaters out there, I'm sure y'all are appreciating that too hey hoodie season is upon us that's that's one of my favorite times of the year when you can you can just throw on a hoodie it's like a little bit too early right now right now it's like you throw on a hoodie but by 11 p 11 a.m you like it's like you, you realize you've made a mistake but we're getting there a few more weeks it's going to be hoodie season and i'm here for it honestly but i know i don't talk a lot of nfl but there's a there's one big thing i want to talk about and that is my Cleveland Browns beating the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I love that. Joe Burrow comes out after getting the biggest contract in NFL history and just lays an absolute egg. Can't even throw for 100 yards, but he was hurt and he hadn't played a lot. You know what? Deshaun Watson hadn't played real football in two years and he came out and made Joe Burrow look like a schoolchild. Beat him like a stepkid. I mean, it was that was embarrassing. If you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, man, y'all should be embarrassed. Can't even get 100 yards? I know that Cleveland's defense is good, but y'all can't even get 100 yards passing? Y'all got y- y- y'all got Miles Garrett looking like the greatest defender of all time, which I think an argument by the end of the career, at the end of his career is going to be made for that. But y'all making him look phenomenal. Anyway, the Bengals... Y'all are terrible. Cleveland Browns 1-0. Again, nice to say that. Nice to say that the Browns have a winning record. Haven't gotten to say that very often as a Browns fan. But, you know, on to week two. We're going to be 2-0. Y'all watch out. Browns to the Super Bowl. Another NFL thing real quick. Aaron Rodgers. Man, that's just tragic, isn't it? Just tragic. I mean, I'm, I'm... not a Jets fan. I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan from the aspect of I like watching great quarterbacks play. So, but I didn't really have a dog in the fight. But, you know, you never want to see that happen like that. And I'm the fourth play, too. Man, didn't even get to go out there. Um, his run out was – his entrance to the, the game was incredible. If you watch that game running out with the American flag, that was just phenomenal. Loved that. That was super cool. But it's just tragic. Um is the jet season over? I'm not sure. I I mean Zach Wilson didn't impress me, but he also won the game, so I think they still got a chance. I think if they bring in one of these free agent quarterbacks that's not named Colin Kaepernick, FYI, he's trying to get the job. That shouldn't happen, hopefully. I mean, if you search Colin Kaepernick right now, it doesn't pop like it doesn't even pop up that he's an American, a professional football player. It pops up that he's a civil rights activist. It doesn't even like show up that he's a professional athlete at this point. So I'm not sure if that's who you want being the starting quarterback of a multi-billion-dollar organization. But that's just me. We'll see what happens. I don't think the Jet season is totally over, but it is definitely a lot less sunshine and rainbows than it was a week ago in there in New York for the New York Jets. But um, 
let's go, let's go on to college football. Week two, some great games. Great games. Let's start it off talking about Georgia. Um, y'all know I'm a Georgia fan, so I'm going to talk about them every week, whoever they play. I mean, they played they played Ball State. It was not close. It got off to a little bit of a slow start again. But, but at the end of the day, Georgia's doing what they're supposed to do. When, when you play a cupcake school like Georgia has the last two weeks, you're supposed to utterly dominate them. And that is what Georgia's done. Have they gotten off to fast starts? No. But the games have never been in doubt. At no point in this game did you wonder, gee, I wonder if Georgia's going to be able to pull this one out, or Ball State might get the upset, or UT Martin might get the upset. You never thought that. You just thought, man, Georgia's not playing quite as good as they should be. But they're still dominating. Carson Beck, once again, looked a little bit uncomfortable, but let's give him time. He played well, had some good throws, um, had, a, had a couple weird plays where like like fumbling the ball, but like that's going to happen. He, he's making the right progressions. He's making the right reads. I see no reason to like doubt him at this point. Good, good game going into SEC play this coming Saturday, playing South Carolina. Um... I have no reason to worry about Georgia. Nothing they have shown me the last two weeks has made me think, oh my goodness, they're in trouble when going into SEC play. I'm fully confident in Carson Beck's ability to, to play football. I'm confident in our defense. Um, the only thing that concerns me, and not from the aspect that we could lose to South Carolina or lose any of these games going forward, I'm not liking our run blocking so far. That's concerning, considering that Georgia in and out has had one of the best O-lines in the country over the last five years. Um, so it's a little concerning seeing that we all of a sudden aren't run blocking very well, and we're also not running the ball well on, from the running back standpoint. Part of that is because of the bad run blocking. Part of that is just we don't have as good a running back room as Georgia has in the over the last 15 years. I mean, Georgia's had a string of just incredible running backs. I mean, Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Elijah Holyfield. I mean, we got going on and on. DeAndre Swift, Kenny McIntosh, all these people. And it's it's just it's not as deep this year as I as in years past. So that's a the one weak spot on Georgia's team that I'm seeing, but once again, nothing that I'm like, oh my goodness, we're going to lose these games. Um, but if, if you're a fan of Georgia or just a fan of college football, that is something I would keep an eye on as Georgia goes into some of these bigger matchups in the upcoming weeks. Um, just keep an eye on that O-line and that run game because I think as the year progresses, if they keep playing the way they are, that could be a potential issue going down the road. Um, I told y'all. I told y'all. Maybe you believe me, maybe you didn't. I don't know, but I told y'all. Texas was going to beat Alabama, and sure enough, they did. And what did I say? It was all on the back of Quinn Ewers. If Quinn Ewers could ball out, Texas would win this game. And sure enough, he stood up there, and he beat Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa. It's only the third time that... Nick Saban has lost to a former assistant, a third, third, fourth time, but third coach. Um, you see, he's lost to Jimbo once. He lost to Kirby, um, and and he um, and then he lost in. Uh, I for, I forget I forget uh, Texas's head coach's name right off the top of my head. My bad. But um, he, he, that third third or fourth time that he's lost to them, and. It was all on the back of Quinn Ewers. 349 yards passing, three touchdowns. Um, 
it's the largest home loss of Nick Saban's career, not just at Alabama, but at LSU, and where, wherever, where I forget where he coached before that, but um, the largest home loss ever, first time he's ever lost at home by double digits. Um, that's it's just an insane stat. If I was an Alabama fan, I would be concerned because y'all have some other tough, y'all have several tough games on your schedule, and they've you've now been exposed on how to beat you and if texas did it i think lsu has a shot of doing it i think auburn is going to give you a run for your money that game's always tough and auburn don't look at auburn they're two and oh right now now are they are they at the same class as texas no but the iron ball is always a tough game it's anybody's ball game and, and especially with alabama already having some some chinks in their armor that people are seeing some some cracks in the armor I, I would not be surprised if there's two two more losses, maybe three more losses on the schedule for Alabama this year. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I'm saying I would not be surprised. Um, Jaden Milrow did, did not look good. Um, I'd be concerned for the quarterback situation in Alabama. Um, if that was the best quarterback on Alabama's roster, which at the spring game, they didn't even like any of the quarterbacks. They had to bring in the transfer from Notre Dame. And then he doesn't even win the starting job. So the, we already know that there's quarterback controversy there in Tuscaloosa. But and J- Jaden Milrow did, does not look like an NFL or a high-level college quarterback. He just doesn't. Um, but that's that game. I told y'all. I'm, I'm just kind of proud of that. You, whenever you pick against Alabama, there's always in the back of your mind, but I'm picking against Nick Saban. That's always in the back of your mind. Um but I was really confident in this pick, and I was happy to be proven right. Oh, real quick, I want to talk about LSU versus Grambling, just because I talked about it last week that I would I wanted to see how LSU would bounce back from that week one loss to Florida State. Um, they bounced back, seventy-two to ten. Um, Jaden Daniels had five touchdowns, looked a lot more comfortable. Now, obviously, it was against lower-level competition, but I was happy to see that LSU, you know, just just took 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 that punch knock, that knocked him down from Florida State and just got back in the saddle and went on to continue and, and, and just did what they were supposed to do to a lower lower-level team. So that was good to see. Um, Utah survives on the road at Baylor. Um, I watched the end of that game. I thought Baylor was going to win. Um, Utah scored twice in the last five minutes to take the lead, um, but survived. They're on like their fourth-string quarterback. Um, that's going to be a problem for Utah going forward. I know I picked them to win the Pac-12, but if they don't get their quarterback back, they're, they're going to be in trouble. Um, they cannot keep playing. They they're not going to go 11-1 and if, if they're on their fourth-string quarterback playing through the Pac-12. Pac-12 top to bottom this year is probably the best conference which is so weird that they're dissolving after this season but top to bottom this year they probably have the best the the best the best conference in football Ole Miss survives at Tulane that's so weird that they Ole Miss signed a deal to go to a lower level school like that I know Tulane's a good group of five team but that's still interesting that Ole Miss would agree to go there um it was it was a three point game with just a few minutes left, and then um, Ole Miss pulled away in the end and made it. I mean, ended up winning by seventeen. They scored twenty points in the fourth quarter, um, but 
you know, you know, I, I think Tulane wins that game if they have their starting quarterback because um, they, they were on their backup. He played well, but their their starting quarterback. I mean, he's he beat USC last year. I mean, we all we know USC's a good team. Uh, I th- I think Tulane could have pulled that out. Ole Miss lucky to survive. That's easily Ole Miss's best win since Lane Kiffin became their head coach. I mean, he he hasn't had a very he, his best win up to this point was I think he beat Indiana in a bowl game a couple years ago. He hasn't really had a lot of big wins, so this is a good one, a ranked win on the road, coming back in the fourth quarter. Um, so good good win for Lane Kiffin. And then lastly, of recapping these games from last week, we got. Colorado beat Nebraska. They're two and zero, ranked twenty two. I mean, they're they're going they're going strong. I'm yet, like I talked about last week, I'm yet to get on the Colorado bandwagon. Not because I hate Dion, but because I think depth is going to be an issue. And I understand that Nebraska has a first year coach just like Colorado does, but Dion. In a certain, to a certain extent, has built this program a, a little bit better to this part, to, to this point than, than Matt Rule has, and they're just a little bit farther along. I still worry going into Pac-12 play how how well they are going to do facing the Utahs, the Oregon's, the USC's, all of those throughout the season. I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna kind of sh- expose Colorado but good win they're 2 and 0 they're ranked probably the best they've doubled their win total from last year they only won one game last year um, so they've doubled their win total already they can't couldn't ask for a better start to the season um, props to Dion props to Shadur um, let, let's 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 keep the keep the Sanders name going strong boys keep the Sanders name going strong all right let's move on to looking at week three games there's not a lot of just like stellar amazing matchups this week there's really not um starting off i want to talk about south carolina versus georgia i, I know i talked about that a little a couple minutes ago but i just kind of want to talk about what should the expectations be i don't think this game is going to be close i think it could start off close because as we've seen the last two weeks georgia starting off slow this game will not be close the only thing that might will make it close is if Spencer Rattler can ball out. And quite frankly, I don't think he can against this Georgia defense. Spencer Rattler, I mean, he's thrown for 700 yards this season already, but he only has three touchdowns, um, three touchdown passes. Georgia's a 27.5-point favorite. I would expect them to win about in that range. I, I expect them to win three to by three to four touchdowns or twenty one to twenty eight points. So I feel like that range is pretty good. Um, I don't think this will be close. Um, it's a home game for Georgia. It's it it's not. That's a tough environment to come in against the two time defending national champion. That's a tough game to just come in and win on the road for South Carolina. Doesn't mean I think South Carolina is a bad team. I think they're going to be a decent. I think they're going to be a decent team this year. They're going to go eight and four, seven and five, somewhere in that range. So they're not a great team, but they're not terrible. But I think it's a tall order to ask them to come into Sanford Stadium at a three thirty game. The crowd's going to be. It's the first big home game of the year for Sanford, so it's going to be packed out. I think that's a tall order, and I don't think this game ends up being close in the end. I think Georgia wins, like I said, neighborhood of twenty one to twenty eight points. Uh, I, I'm if I had to guess, it's going to be somewhere around like 
45-17 ish something like that 45-14 somewhere in there um like i said we'll we'll, we'll see 45 yeah 45-24 somewhere in there but i not worried as a georgia fan um Getting to be interesting to see how South Carolina is able to game plan for this Georgia team because um, I think in the I think they they might be able to slow them down at the beginning, but it's going to see how well they how well they game plan and how long they're able to hold them for is what I'm really curious about. Another game I want to talk about: Washington um, is traveling to Michigan State this week. I think Washington wins. I mean, they're a top ten team. I, I'm more interested in this game from a how does Michigan State play without their head coach after all the allegations that have come out this week against Mel Tucker how, how are they going to be able to how is that team going to respond to that adversity I, I don't think I think that Washington wins regardless um, Mel Tucker overrated coach um, loved him as a defensive coordinator at Georgia but I did not think he earned that contract that he has there at Michigan State I, I'm not I don't see it. He's had one good season, and it was because of Kenneth Walker. Um, but I just want to see how Michigan State responds and, how, like, basically how bad is the beatdown. Are they going to show any effort, any spark? Because, um, I mean, they are 2-0, uh, as as they should be, uh, as Michigan State should be. So there, there, there's some potential. Like, the season's not lost. It's not, not like they're playing for nothing, but is losing their head coach and all the controversy around their program right now, is that enough to totally kill their spirits? Or are they going to show some fight? Um, I, I, I think Washington wins this game, and I think they win it big. But we'll, we'll see. I'm, that's a game I'm curious about. And then we got Tennessee traveling to Florida. They're in Gainesville. Is there a way for both these teams to lose? Can't stand either of them. No? Okay. So I got to pick one of them. Um, Tennessee's going to win this game. Tennessee will win this game. Florida is absolutely terrible. They're absolutely terrible. They, I mean, they they lost to Utah. They beat a no name. I want to say they beat like McNeese State or something last week. Beat them good. One of the few wins that Florida's going to win this year. They're not getting another win this week. Um, Tennessee's going to go in there to Gainesville, and they're going to just absolutely tear up Florida. Um, Florida's just a terrible program right now. I talked about that last week, but Florida is just a terrible program. Um, I don't see that. The thing about I, th- I think that the Tennessee's going to win. I think they're going to win big. But then I. There's also the part of me that I could see this being close, even though Florida's terrible, because they have had Tennessee's number there in Gainesville over the last decade. But I, so there's part of me that sees that. But in my heart, I want I'm I just feel like Tennessee is going to go in there and just absolutely dominate. Um, they, they they Tennessee's offense is just rolling, just clicking. I, I feel like it's going Tennessee's defense is not gonna be able to stop that. I think Tennessee goes in there, wins big, hopefully launches themselves into the top ten this week. Um, I do think Tennessee is a top ten team this year. A little they've fallen a little bit. I think like ESPN has them ranked number eleven right now. I think that's a little bit low. I would probably put them in the eight to nine range. I don't like they have Washington ranked eight. I would put Tennessee ahead of Washington right now. I really would. I think based off of what Tennessee is, I know it's not. I know it's ranked off of this year, but 
it's it's a little bit let's not pretend that it's not based off a little bit of what happened last year and like Tennessee I believe has had a better better program the last year they have some bigger wins um I I, I definitely think they're a top 10 team and then lastly Colorado is playing Colorado State at home for Colorado not that this is going to be a good game. I'll go right ahead and say Colorado is going to just just destroy Colorado State. But this is where Colorado is going to be 3-0 and after this week. And this is where the hype train is going to start getting a little bit too much. Because I under, like you thought it was bad in week one when they beat TCU. And then it's gotten a little, oh, he's 2-0. If he's 3-0, the Deion Sanders tra- hype train is going to be just too much too much he played one good team that lost 17 of its starters and then two terrible programs let's like bring it back to reality here folks he's not beating world beaters like i said doesn't mean i don't like him but let's let's just when dion is three and oh next week let's keep it in perspective when he's 3-0. and Don't think it'll be a close game. I think it's going to be a stat padding game for Shadur. I wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing more and more hype for Shadur for Heisman after the way he's played the last three weeks. Um, and rightfully so. Like that, That's not saying that he shouldn't sh- shouldn't be in consideration for that. He should. With what the way he's played, doesn't matter who he's playing against, the way he's played the last three weeks, he should be in Heisman conversation at this point in the season. Let's see. Can he keep it going as he plays this tougher competition, these ranked top competition? Because now Colorado's semi getting a target on their back. Teams are not it used to be your Colorado teams thought, oh, that's an easy win. That's a rollover. We can take, like ease up a little bit because they're one and eleven last year. It's not like, but now they're a top twenty team. They're a top twenty team. They are. They're they're going to be three and zero. They're going to have all the hype around them. The media is talking about it. So teams are giving them their best. Colorado is now getting teams best, where in years past I don't think they necessarily were. So we'll, we'll just keep that in perspective next week when Colorado is three and zero. That's going to do it for me this this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, appreciate it. Um, you know, go follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram, and I'll see you next week.